Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 8 of the Cap City Sportscast. My name is Callahan Steed. I cover the Monona Grove Silver Eagles, the McFarland Spartans, the Cambridge Blue Jays, and the Deerfield Demons. Peter Lindblad, I cover the Wanakee Warriors, DeForest Norskis, Poinette Pumas, and Lodi Blue Devils. And I'm Ryan Gregory. I have Sun Prairie East and West as well as Waterloo and Marshall. Well, boys, it's uh, I feel like I keep saying this every week, and it because you know every week goes by, and you know another week gets marked off the schedule. We are wrapping up the end of the regular season for. Uh, football and a lot of just the fall sports are starting to wind down as well too it seems like just yesterday you know it was august and we were all excited about the (laughs) about the teams you know getting ready to start off and now we're kind of excited a little bit that's because some of the Mm -hmm. seasons are kind of coming to close and we can kind of you know catch up a little bit and get our heads above water and uh girls golf just wrapped up their season uh Peter, you had a Izzy yeah. Stricker go to state, and she won the whole thing. She didn't won she? the whole thing, uh, and it's funny. You know, she started out the first day, sh- uh, shot a seventy-three. She was four shots back, but I, I and I I got to check with her on this, but I heard this on the radio. She got six birdies uh, to make. Uh, I mean, talk about a furious comeback! <laughs> no That'd kidding. be a furious comeback on the pro circuit. So, yeah, I mean, obviously her dad is Steve Stricker, the, the pro golfer. Um, it's the first uh, individual um, champion, girls golf championship in school history. So, uh, yeah, very cool for Izzy. Um, yeah, it's been a, been a crazy week for Wanakee sports. I mean, the boys' soccer team playing in the Badger East Championship. we got two doubles teams going to state and girls' tennis. The football team is rolling along. Yeah. <laughs> My head is swimming. <laughs> so. Yeah, speaking of the Badger East Championship, shout-out to the Monon. Grove boys soccer program for winning that I, again i do not understand the badger east like tournament <laughs> format at all um so with having teams in the rock valley and also in the badger uh i enjoy the rock valleys because it's very simple it's you have the one <laughs> versus four seed and then the two and three seed play each other and then uh winners advance to the championship badger east is a little bit more confusing because i thought like you know they do like the same thing but it was just the one and two seed also feel like that the winner of the Badger West and the winner of the Badger East should face each other as well, mm. too. Yeah. Kind of, it reminds me a little bit of, like, you know, like what colleges do for, like, you know, when you have the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West championship game. And, you know, that would most likely be an Oregon versus Monona Grove matchup. And, you know, Oregon's – it'd be a fun matchup, but, you know, I'm not in charge of the whole conference <laughs> conferences and everything like that. But it's uh, been a fun uh, and crazy week, Ryan, just kind of what's been keeping your eye on so far. You know, it's been a, a great season for the Sun Prairie West volleyball team. They've won um, five of their last six, or, or sorry, six of the last seven and five straight. You know, for a, a fledgling program that was, you know, split in half coming into the season, for them to rattle it off like that, they ended up tied for third in the Big Eight. I, I couldn't hardly believe it, but they are just red hot right now. Yeah, it's one of those things, too. It's always fun where it's all of a sudden like, oh, these boys are catching fire. I mean, mm-hmm. also, if yeah. these girls are catching. I just always use boys as my general neutral <laughs> thing. But it's just always when we're like, oh, man, this team's getting hot. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they just start going. And it's fun when, you know, where it's like, hey, they might maybe do something here. And so that was mm-hmm. what happened last year with me for McFarland Boys Soccer. And kind of the same thing again with them this year where it's like, mm. you know, like they had some injuries start off. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're starting to get some pieces back. Things are starting to click for them. And. Yeah, it's ex- it's an exciting time. We're kind of all in the point where we're all running around trying to cover as many things as possible right. too. And uh, you know, we'll be kind of having a schedule kind of ease up here pretty soon. I've been kind of <laughs> I've been kind of looking ahead where all of a sudden yeah. it's like you have one week where it's like wow we're really busy, and then all of a sudden next week 
you have some teams that don't advance all of a sudden it's yeah it's dead quiet so mm-hmm. for, uh, yeah the calendar really melts away in a hurry yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah all of a sudden you hit playoffs and it's like all right let's see yep. what these teams can do and then just regionals just knocks everyone off. slam slam slammed and then boom yep. door closes on the season <laughs> and then you gotta start thinking about basketball yep. Yep. and then it's like all right, <laughs> all right time to right. do some previews <laughs> it's always funny too because you're like Oh yeah, I'm so looking forward to the, you know the winter season. And then you're yeah. like through like February, where you're like, oh god, I'm so looking forward to spring. Oh, yep. It's yes. just always like you look forward to it, and then mm-hmm. you get halfway through it, and you're like, all right, when can this next season start? <laughs> the winter season always feels the longest. Yeah. It does. It really does. Yeah. And it's like one of those things too, because it's like it drags out, and then like you have like basketball that's left. And then it's like spring is just so up in the air with like, is yeah. it going to start on yeah. time <laughs> and all this? And uh, it's, so then that makes it even longer. And just, I, I, I forget who I was talking to. I would kind of like to see like maybe like a fall sport switch with spring, like volleyball or like swim or something, just so that way something it's like. Something that's indoors. Yeah, something that can <laughs> yeah. start on time, which obviously that would suck if you were like, you know, a swimmer and on the track team or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But it's. You just got to roll with it. I'd like to see one of the lacrosses get switched to fall. See, I am lucky. I do not have to cover lacrosse. See, I it is like it is. I feel like it's starting to. I feel like it's starting to come. uh, I'm sure a couple years from now, I'm sure like McFarland or Monona Girl will will get the sport. I'd be shocked if Deerfield or something got a lacrosse team, but. Um, yeah, that's the one thing where it's like, all right, I'm fine with not having to cover one extra sport. I'm okay <laughs> with it. But. It's fun to cover. I don't understand it, but it's fun to cover. Yeah, yeah. that's the same way. It's, <laughs> it's like, a riot of a sport. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It is, yeah. There, it's like I always love the sports where it's like, yeah, some of them just really don't understand yeah. it. But, man, they, it's, and it also it's fun to shoot, too, when it's like. It hey, is. Hey, yeah. when you can get some good action shots, that's all that matters. But, yep. um, yeah, and. Enough of all the other sports, though. We're here mainly to talk, though, about the football season because we got a lot of teams going looking towards the playoffs. And we not mm-hmm. only can't really look towards the playoffs yet because we got some big matchups that we want to talk about this mm-hmm. week. Uh, and I can't think of anything bigger than a game that's going to decide the Eastern Suburban uh, Conference Championship between Marquezan and Marshall. And so, Ryan, I want to swing it over to you. Just you're going to be at this game. Mm-hmm. Just big game. I feel like it's got to be the talk of the town. And just you know, what are you looking forward to it in it? You know, one of the coolest things about this is it's a rematch. The exact same thing happened last year, where Marcus mm-hmm. and Marshall both undefeated through through the regular season until this final game of the of the season. And so it's um, a little bit of revenge for Marcus and because obviously Marshall won 33 22 last season to to win the the conference championship. And so now it's not at Marcus Ann. This one's going to be at Marshall, home turf. And Marshall's fresh off of a 47-6 Palmyra victory, which was um, had, had a real chance to be a trap game for him because, you know, it was um, Palmyra was up 6-0 to at the end of the first quarter, which is not something that you would have expected against this Marshall team. But, you know, they got it back together. And so, you know, to say that both of these teams are rolling heading into the game is uh, might be an understatement. Marcus Ann is ranked in the state. Marshall, you know, if there was uh, others receiving votes, I'm sure that Marshall would be on that list. And so it's uh, 
a tremendous matchup that's coming up this Friday. Yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it. I know uh, Wisp Sports kind of had it marked as one of their games of the week. I know uh, they just lost the voting. No, oh, see, you know what's funny? I voted uh, for another team for it because I was like, I know Ryan's going to be at that game, and so I was like, <laughs> you wanted me to get the exclusive. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I want Ryan to be there, and just you know, APG is going to be covering this game, and if you want to get all your recaps and stuff, you check Straight out the APG. Uh, products and all that company man over here. Yeah, <laughs> Wiss Sports is heading is heading to Two Rivers and Chilton. Ooh, I would not know where that is at. Yeah, at me all. either. So, but no, best of luck to those <laughs> two <Yeah>. programs. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I'm looking forward to it because uh, Marcus Zan uh, put up some offensive numbers uh, in their battle against Cambridge last week. So Cambridge officially eliminated from the playoffs, which something I kind of figured uh, with them being a young team, but. That offense still put up 35 points against uh, Marquezan as well, too. So I'm sure Marquezan's going to kind of be looking to cover some things up defensively. Uh, if I could just briefly talk about the Blue Jays quick. Uh, Matt Buckman, again, a uh, couple touchdowns. He threw one touchdown, but he had a lot of drives to get them down the field, and then their guys got tackled like within the five, and then Buckman would punch it in on, on a sneak. So Coach Klingbile kind of joked that the running joke now is Buckman tells all his receivers to get down uh, within the five-yard line, and then Buckman sneaks it in, which – Worked out pretty good, though, uh, for them. They were able to put up some points, run the ball a little bit more. Uh, so I'm looking to see how they finish out the year strong. And, you know, this team continues to fight. And also, too, uh, they, you know, keep battling the running clock and keep trying to get as many game reps as possible, which, you know, when you're a young team like that, you're just trying to get as many reps as possible in the next year. And then you get stronger in the weight room. And so then uh, not only did Cambridge get knocked out, but Poinet uh, officially eliminated as well, too. So mm-hmm. I'll let you briefly talk about the Pumas for a little bit, okay. Peter. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, road construction with the Pumas because I've gotten lost twice now on the uh, road construction <laughs> uh, between DeForest and Poinette. I have got to figure that out. <laughs> and then uh, last night I forgot to bring my battery along to take photos of point at volleyball so i apologize for that uh as far as the football team they lost uh, 34 to 7 at platteville um you know they've really struggled to, to kind of get anything going offensively um they had a lot of drives according to coach kalumnji but just couldn't finish them off it was tight in the first quarter um point at had tied it at 7-7 um, but from there, uh, Platteville's quarterback, Drew Digman, just took over. He threw like four touchdowns and uh, I think 200 and some yards. And um, so it, it's been kind of a familiar for Frayne all year. Their defense is pretty good. James Amaker had 10 tackles again. He's been a tackling machine. Uh, they've had some really good defensive efforts, but they just cannot seem to get that offense figured out. They had Hunter Borgen go back to quarterback. Um, he was the one who scored the touchdown. Uh, again, led them in rushing. But uh, – yeah, they've got they've got some things to figure out on that side of the ball uh, mm-hmm. going into next year. Yeah, uh, my condolences for getting the for getting the uh, battery uh, camera. You had mentioned that to me oh. last night, and I was just oh. like, that's one of my two biggest fears as mm-hmm. a photographer is uh, for either forgetting a memory card or camera yes. or uh, battery, but also to having my flash go on, which has happened before, mm-hmm. and they've had yes. to stop the game. Mortifying. Yes. And it is. Having an entire gym. <laughs> I've had that happen, too. Ha- having an entire gym just look at you, it, it's yeah. very... Oh when the God. official comes over to you and you're just see, hanging your head sheepishly. See, what's funny, <laughs> I didn't know because I had my uh, like no flash button on and everything, so I thought everything was good. Uh, happened in a volleyball match. Yep. Coach Fortune too, was su- yep. Coach Fortune was super nice about it. She, you know, thus let me know. <laughs> the ref, on the other hand, kind of, you know, chewed yeah. me a little bit, and I was like, <laughs> yep. "I'm sorry, I, 
I do my best with cameras, and it says that the thing's yeah, off, exactly. and I don't know yeah. why it's going on. <laughs> it happened to me at a gymnastics meet, and people oh. were ready to get the pitchforks out oh, because man. any kind of like throwing yeah, off concentration right. ty- type of thing in that sport. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, could I just about got ran that. out of the gym that fine <laughs> afternoon. I just want to cover everyone's school. I'm sorry. Oh man, it's yeah. I'm glad that it's not that it's not the only one that happened. No, but it, no, it's not. But it's weird with McFarland though. That happened like six different times though, where like they've had to like stop every time I go to. There's been like a stoppage in play, and it even happened at their state where another camera was going off. But like they were super cool about it. Like right away, they just went up to the person, were like, "Hey, your flash was on," and that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Not you know being mm-hmm. like that's totally illegal. Like the mm-hmm. ref did to me, so yeah. I was like. It's just funny that it's happening. Oh, you gotta learn your guys. lesson somehow. Yeah, yeah. Now that's I know, right. Now I just have a bunch of duct tape over that. Flash <laughs> I'm like, not letting it happen again. Um, but anyway, uh, to get back though, uh, on the football side of things, um, Waterloo uh, again battling in the playoff hunt as well too. They uh, had a you know go from a high scoring game for Marcus and to Cambridge. It was kind of funny to look at. Waterloo and Clinton was a very low scoring affair. Just what kind of happened there? Yeah, you know, with both of those teams, you kind of expect them to put up more points than a 12-6 to win for Waterloo. But uh, as you mentioned with the playoffs, Waterloo's in now with this win. Uh, it, it looked early like it was going to be a, a, a very productive day on offense, specifically for Clinton, because I don't know if you've watched them yet this season. This team is uh, super run-heavy. Their quarterback is very talented. His name is Peyton Bingham. At, um, you know, quarterback keepers, quarterback counters, things of that nature. They marched up the field on them on the first drive. Not a pass thrown until like midway through the third quarter mm. for Clinton. Just that's how well the rushing offense was working. But uh, Coach Joe Jenke just told me, you know, they were in a 3-4 to start the game. All they did was switch to a 4-3 and put on a QB spy with um, uh, Owen Hosley, uh to, to keep an eye on Bingham. And all of a sudden, Clinton can't do anything. Waterloo gets a couple fumbles. Waterloo gets a couple fourth down stops. Not another squeak out of the offense from Clinton. And, uh, you know, Waterloo's offense... Um, you know, tends to do what it needs to do. Um, Hush finds, or Waterloo's quarterback, Cal Hush, finds um, Ryan Sturgill on, on the left side, and it uh, looks like the quarterback has him pretty easy. Sturgill slips it, 33-yard touchdown to tie things up. And then, you know, Benny Marshall does his Benny Marshall thing, where he, he catches a screen pass on the left side, uh, maybe around Waterloo's 15, takes it all the way up to the Clinton, like, 6, and Waterloo scores a, a play later for the go-ahead score. Uh, just... A really tactically sound game for Waterloo. Uh, Benny Marshall's also their punter and was just pinning them all night. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you don't really think about the punting game as something too important, specifically in high school football. But Clinton was behind the eight ball just about every time they touched the ball. And so, you know, <laughs> you have to give a shout-out to the punter sometimes. And Benny Marshall really nailed that for them. And uh, the defense really came up clutch for what was, you know, like I mentioned last week, huge prove-a-game for Waterloo. And on top of that, they're playoff bound for the third straight year, which is not something you could say about this Waterloo program for, for long stretches since, uh, you know, the turn of the millennium. So it's uh, it's great to see for them. And I, I'm really happy for those kids that they get to go to the playoffs. Yeah, good to see them. Uh, Monona Grove uh, put themselves in a really good uh, position to qualify. So they right now are in the thing where it's like they have a pot- potential playoff berth with the three conference wins. The bubble. Yes, the bubble, the bubble as we like to refer <laughs> to it as. It's either you're in or out, don't know, but uh, they can sure things up with a win this week against Fort Atkinson. You know, Fort Atkinson's not going to be uh, uh, will, will definitely not be an easy test, basically. Uh, they've got, you know, they played DeForest hard, and mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. some non-conference wins as well, too. 
Uh, but this is a chance for Monona Grove to qualify for the playoffs officially. You know, when I talk with Coach Beckwith, uh, they, you know, their goal beginning of the year was to win conference. That goal is not achievable, but now you want to go to the playoffs and then also to, you know, once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. And the reason why they're in such good position is uh, they've won two straight, so they beat up on, or they beat Sauk Prairie, but then also, too, they probably played the best game of the year against Portage for their home gum mm-hmm. for their homecoming game, which, you know, is interesting because, you know, a lot of time coaches talk about, you know, hey, homecoming week could be coaches a lot of... hate come homecoming. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of distractions and all that, but, you know, big crowd got them fired up, and uh, I guess uh, it sounded like they just played with a lot of, you know, the Monona Grove swagger that they have, and they went out there. Gavin Hablewitz scored a touch, couple rushing touchdowns. Brady Voss, uh, again, was very efficient through the air. You know, Peter, you've talked about... Uh, Linzendorf, the quarterback for Wanakee, and yeah. how efficient he is at passing. Brady yeah. Voss has thrown two incompletions, I think, the past two weeks. Uh, so <laughs> amazing. So he had just a really strong game. Uh, Coach Beckwith was just saying that he's been playing a lot yeah. with a lot of swagger as well, too. Things have been slowing down. So, you know, huge win offensively, great performance defensively as well, too, to hold Portage to only 13 points, mm-hmm. I believe it was, is pretty strong feat. So, yeah, now they are completely in the driver's seat. And mm-hmm. so... Well, I'll see what happens uh, when they go down to Fort Atkinson, a game I will be at. So if you want any live mm. coverage of that, check out my Twitter, uh, at Callahan Steed. Or I think it's at Steed Reporter. I don't know. I have two of them. And so it's always, <laughs> like, on my personal one, I just have in my bio for scores, updates. Check out this one. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's the game I'll be at. So I'm looking forward to uh, heading down to that. So Peter. It is um, at Steed Callahan. All right, is yes. Is your reporter yes. Twitter. Steed <laughs> Callahan is my reporter Twitter. So. Just look it up for you real quick. So if you see a nice professional headshot of me, like, you know, that's <laughs> that's the one you want to go to. If you see a photo of me on, like, a, at, like a sunrise, that's not it. That's not the one. <laughs> um, but, Peter, uh, speaking of Wanakee, I briefly touched on Linsendorf. But yeah. uh, another week where Wanakee rolls, and now I believe they're only one of two Division One teams that are remaining unbeaten at this yeah, point. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I division 2, I should say. I've got no bubbles. I'm not taking any bubble baths or anything. <laughs> I've got teams that are either in or out. Yep. So, um Wanakee is definitely one of them. Uh Lenzendorf, you could say he had an off week. He was only 11 of 18. Uh Wow, seven he, incompletions. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like I think he's had seven incompletions all year going into that yeah. game. Uh but anyways, I think he threw for uh four um touchdown passes in the second quarter as uh, Wanakee just pulled away um, again all three phases working good they got off on the right foot when David Emmerich took the opening kickoff 90 yards for a score um, and special teams proves big for Wanakee in the postseason it really did last year especially in the state title game they had a big kickoff return that halted the m- momentum for uh, I forget who they played now but um, but yeah that was a huge turning point in that game and They've been able to do that in the postseason, and they have reliable kicking. So, you know, uh, when you mentioned the punter, mm-hmm. you know, pinning uh, teams down, I mean, that that can really make a difference in the postseason. So, you know, I, I, that is something Wanaki emphasizes is being good on every side of the ball, and uh, that's that's what they're doing. And you know? what helps with Wanaki is, you know, we always joke about, like, the numbers that they have for their program, but that just helps so much, too, with their depth. Right. I was listening to the radio station Huge. I used to internet, and they were covering that game, uh, and they had just mentioned, like, you know, Wanakee, they got, you know, three, like, their third stringers would probably be starters on most high school teams, but it's yeah. just like they have just that depth, and, you know, you can put those guys on special yeah. teams, and that 
a whole momentum swing. Well, Lenzendorf, yeah, he was backup quarterback last year. He didn't really play much. He played in the Middleton game and led them to a victory, but came off the bench to do so when uh, Quentin Keene got hurt. And he's come in this year, and they haven't missed a beat. Mm-hmm. And they got another one backup, uh, Gunnar McFadden, who's played really well when he's gotten into those games where there's been uh, blowouts. So, um, you know. They might have another guy coming up who's going to be pretty good. But uh, they've pitched, uh, I believe, three shutouts in a row right now. So that defense is really humming, too. They had a couple of interceptions. Uh, Danny Cotter took one back for a touchdown uh, right before the half, um, which made it like 52 to nothing. <laughs> they beat Milton this week, by the way. So, um, so uh, yeah, Wanakee's cruising. Uh, they're healthy. Um, you know, they, they seem really primed for the uh, playoffs here. Yeah. They play Beaver Dam on Friday, so. Yeah, and then uh, speaking of teams that are humming as well, too, some Prairie East, Ryan, uh, I'm assuming just another week where they just rolled. Yeah, they uh, Watertown unfortunately had to play Sun Prairie East this past week, which was not fun for them. Sun Prairie East went 69-6. to six. Uh, This is East's uh, fifth straight win of at least 40 points. So if that tells you, you know, how everything's kind of clicking uh, on all cylinders, I mean, they were up 36-0 at the end of the first quarter, 50-0 at half. It's... Um, you know, if we're talking about East, I need to give a shout-out to my guy, John Vandewall, who just uh, signed a preferred walk-on offer to Iowa State. Oh, nice. And so, you know, it's um, if you're talking about Sun Prairie East, you're talking about a, a school that can put kids uh, on the next level when it comes to the gridiron. Yeah, especially so, they, Iowa mm-hmm. as well, too. You have mm-hmm. uh, Ashringa go to Iowa, and now you have uh, Iowa State as well, too, yeah, getting so, in the mix. Sun Prairie is represented on both sides of the Cyhawk mm-hmm. uh, rivalry. Yeah. But, you know, you got Jerry Kaminsky going to North Dakota. Cortez LeGrant will be a collegiate athlete at some point. they got linemen that are going to go, you know, some level of college football. So it's, it's, a, it's a loaded team that is firing on all cylinders. And speaking of, um, you know, important players, and you mentioned Ostranga, his little brother Sam Ostranga uh, missed most of the early season with a, with a broken ankle, and he is really hitting his stride. He had uh, two picks in this game to, you know, it's not like Sun Prairie East needed it. They were doing just fine against this team that, uh, you know, Watertown wasn't great to begin with, and they were without their starting quarterback and receiver for this game. So, um, you know, it's not like they needed two picks from him, but it's great to see him kind of hitting the ground running as he kind of re- resumes his, his spot as one of the be- one of the state's best uh, junior defensive players. Yeah, absolutely. And then another team that is uh, continuing to roll is McFarland Spartans. They uh one handily in Whitewater. It was kind of funny. I was looking at the uh, scores from Friday when I, after I got done covering Deerfield. I was just kind of seeing how my other teams did. And uh, with sports had me fooled. They originally put it down as a uh, Whitewater one fifty-five to seven. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think anything of it. I was like, wow, good for the Whippets. Yeah, right. And then I was driving <laughs> home and I was like, wait, I'm, I don't know if that's would could, could be right. And it, <laughs> and it was not right. And so uh, McFarland, big uh, team effort win. You know, Braylon Roder threw a couple touchdown passes. Uh, Two rushing touchdowns from Travis Adra and uh, Brandon Dyer, Issa Geary. So then again, as well, too, uh, you have strong rushing performance, but shout out to that offensive line as well, too, creating uh, those running lanes uh, for those guys. And so now McFarland has a big matchup against Evansville this week. Uh, past two games that those two teams have played have both gone into overtime. So I co- I joked with Coach Ackley uh, this week, and I was just like, ah, oh, you know, I'm assuming once you get them into overtime, you'll have them right where you want them and everything like that. So. <laughs> Uh, looking forward to see how that matchup shapes up. It's uh, if I wasn't going to uh, Fort, that would probably be a game I would definitely want to hit up uh, as well too. But it's uh, I'm just going to be in Fort, and so uh, that will be for second place for the Rock Valley, and also to potentially uh, playoff seating as well too. 
uh, you know, I have no idea how playoff seeding works. I'm always, you know, like, oh, this team should get a higher seed. And then it, everyone yeah. points out to me, like, well, they have four losses. And so yep. mm-hmm. everyone for that. So we'll have yep. to see what happens uh, with McFarland. But, you know, they continue mm-hmm. to roll. And then, uh, Peter, I'll let you hit on your two other teams with the Forest and Lodi. Yeah, the Forest, um, they keep rolling. Uh, five straight wins after an 0-3 start. Um, uh, they had a little bit of a, a tough uh, time kind of getting going offensively against Sun Prairie West. It was a defensive battle for most of the, uh, of the first half. Um, uh, DeForest got on the board with a blocked kick return by Cullen Kirchberg, who then later intercepted a pass and brought it back for a touchdown in the second half. Um, they also got a safety uh, in the game, so they were up 9 to nothing. Uh, going into the third quarter, so it's still close. And then all of a sudden, DeForest exploded for 29 points in the fourth quarter and put it away. Um, talking to Coach Mack afterwards, uh, they want to play complimentary football. They had two of the three phases working, um, hoping to get that third, uh, the offense kind of going after a good week of practice. So uh, so hopefully they you know, they can get uh, everything working right. But they could be a dangerous team going into the playoffs. Um, uh, speaking of dangerous, uh, you got the Lodi Blue Devils. Um, they bounced back after a tough loss to Columbus the week before. That was really for the Capital uh, Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, uh, they went in and uh, let's see, who did they play again? They... Uh, they pounded, uh, oh, yeah, New Glarus Monticello, who I believe is just going to be New Glarus next year. Yeah, New Glarus year. is separated. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Um, but, yeah, uh, they were able to set up their offense um, with some turnovers. They scored 28 points in the first quarter, so they really went one going away. Uh, Coach Pulls, you know, he said he was a little worried about how they were going to respond. Uh, the, there were no worries after that first quarter. They, they really uh, – they wasted no time getting up on them. That yep. is what we refer to as a bounce back yes. win, basically. So now, <laughs> Huge bounce back. So yeah. now Lodi has uh, kind of uh, ridden the ship. And uh yep. be an exciting matchup because they have uh, Lake Mills next week. They do. That's yeah. probably the best matchup I've got this week. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, what, mm. uh, yeah, it'd definitely be an exciting time. I do know that the Lake Mills uh, reporter will be uh, at – that game covering Ooh, it. So, nice. okay. Uh, if you want to definitely check out that. So, again, APG's got all these games That's right. oh. uh, lined up <laughs> for deal. you guys. So, um, <laughs> Ryan, only other team we haven't talked about yet so far in your neck of the woods is Sun Prairie West. Just kind of give us an update on them. Yeah, I mean, Peter really touched on the, the majority of that game with DeForest just because, you know, you got to be proud of them for holding it close with what is, you know, a, a superior team that's, you know, there's no shame in that. They've been around a hell of a lot longer than uh, Sun Prairie West has been. Uh, so, you know, to, to be 0-0 at the end of the first quarter, 7-0 at the half, you know, that it, it's a testament to their defense, which I said coming into the season, which I've said through the season is their strong point. They have they, they have a very respectable defense. Just, you know, it's, um, it, it's tough to get that offensive chemistry flowing with a bunch of guys that, you know, aren't maybe used to the varsity level, aren't quite used to playing together yet. And so it's um, props to them for holding it, it, it together as long as they could. And just some weird stuff happened with, like, a block kick, a safety, yeah. a, Pick six, I mean, what can you really do? But um, you have to be proud of the first-half effort. And um, they're, they're on the bubble, as we mentioned. They're, they have two they have two conference wins right now, so they would have to beat Oregon this coming up week to uh, even have a chance for playoffs. So, uh, you know, those Wolves are going to be motivated heading into that, uh, that last uh, stanza coming up this Friday. Yeah, and then speaking of teams that are kind of looking that need to get a win, uh, that have the two wins, uh, the Deerfield Demons for their – 
uh, football program last week. So I was at that game last week, and, you know, we talked about how coaches, you know, hate homecoming. This was, yep. again, kind of another thing where uh, Deerfield had their homecoming game against Johnson Creek. Johnson Creek, tough team coming in. And first half was kind of a little bit of struggle offensively. Johnson Creek was able to get up 18-6 to on the Demons, and the Demons kind of struggled offensively. Coach Swieger said that he uh, got too pass-happy and said he should have called more run plays, which, you know, I give him credit for because, for me, it's, like, really easy to be on the sideline, like, oh, you know, just let, you know, Tommy Lee's drop back, and if he needs to, he can scramble and run with it. But second half, they were able to have a little bit more balance, and, uh, you know, it was a real back-and-forth game second half. It was, like, whenever the Demons would go down and score, Johnson Creek would answer with a touchdown. And so then, uh, you know, back and forth, but, you know, Johnson Creek was just able to keep that two-touchdown lead and hold them off for the rest of the game. So Deerfield needs to win against Fall River Rio, which Fall River Rio is also in the same position as well, too, because, again, the Trailways uh, has just been, you know, you got a bunch of teams that have two wins kind of in the middle there. so Much like the Badger Large. Yeah, yeah. so you... It is a log jam behind Wanakee <laughs> and Semper right. East. Yeah. Yep, it'll definitely be interesting to see where uh, things kind of shape up uh, after. And so I think Deerfield's got a chance against Fall River. Uh, should be an exciting game, uh, and we'll have to kind of see what happens for it. Um, so we got about a minute left here of the podcast. I kind of want to go around, though. We kind of briefly mentioned a little yeah. bit in the beginning just what have kind of been some of the other sports teams that kind of caught your eyes quickly. Uh, you know, Waterloo Volleyball. I brought them up a little bit earlier about how they were undefeated, and uh, guess what? They kept that trend going. 10-0 and in uh, Capital South play, conference champions, officially uh, after their defeat of Cambridge on Tuesday. You know, um, when you talk about dominance in, in, in a sport, you got to talk about volleyball and uh, Waterloo. It's uh, very impressive how that, through through different head coaches, through graduation, that team continues to dominate. Yeah, absolutely. Peter, what do you got? I'm going with volleyball again, too. i got to give a shout-out to one of my favorite coaches, Ann Dinkert. She won her 600th match at Wanakee, and she also led the Warriors to a Badger East uh, title. Uh, now, uh, they didn't uh, win the tournament, but uh, that going into the championship match, they had already uh, secured the title with uh, how many points they'd uh, racked up by virtue of them at least finishing second. They lost to Watertown in the finals, um, but they'd beaten Watertown 3-0 like two days earlier. So, uh. um, so yeah, uh, they seem to be rolling. They got two uh, really good players in Ali Sala and Summer Greg. And shout-out to the McFarland uh, volleyball team for defeating Monona Grove and winning the M&M's Cup on Tuesday. So shout-out to all our other teams at APG and for the Cap City Sportscast. Uh, my name's Callahan Steed, and for my colleagues Peter and Ryan, we'll see you next time. Thank you.